trade period winners and losers on the splash today with your host Phil Pryor. It's Friday the 20th of October. Welcome into the splash. We have reached Friday at the end of the AFL trade period, as I mentioned in the intro. Uh, and we've got Fox Footy's Max Lawton joining the program in a moment to talk all the winners and losers of the trade period. Uh, and if you want to uh, listen to even further analysis, um, head to the Fox Footy podcast because there's a full hour-long analysis uh, edition with um, Fox Footy editorial lead Ben Waterworth, uh, list expert Chris Pelkin, who uh, was part of the the Hawthorne um, uh, recruiting team that uh, got them into a situation to win four straight flags, and champion data's uh, wizard uh, Jacob Wilson, definitely a podcast worth checking out. Plenty of uh, analysis following the NRL uh, release of the 2018 draw yesterday. Um, I've even got a piece up on website now uh, looking at the buy schedule and how it affects uh, Supercoach for the 2018 season. So all you uh, fantasy fans out there, uh, definitely worth checking out. For the cricket, uh, people interested in cricket ahead of the, the big summer, ahead of the Ashes, the first test at the Gabba. Uh, under, I reckon under about 40 days time until the first ball up there now. Well, Alan Border, he's put forward his Test 11, Australian Test 11 for that Gabba Test match. A couple of shock selections too. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And as I mentioned uh, on yesterday's edition of the Splash, a, a triple treat as far as motorsport is concerned this weekend We've got MotoGP down at Phillip Island. Uh, the supercars are up at Gold Coast uh, and the F1s are in Austin, Texas. So, so much motorsport action this weekend. Uh, check it out. It's all going to be on Fox Sports, of course. Uh, but yeah, let's talk the AFL trade period. So, as promised yesterday on the splash, uh, a little phone in with down in Melbourne with the Fox footy team who have been frantically working away the last fortnight for probably the most intense trade period of all time. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Fox footy writer Max Lawton. Is that a fair call, Max? I think it would have to be oh, it's a close race between this year and last year just because last year there was somewhere in the mid-30s in terms of trade. This year was low 30s, but right at the end there, after the deadline, because of the way the, the vagaries of the system, the six trades that happened after the deadline, it's extraordinary. Yeah, it was just a crazy finale. Um, I thought the deadline was at two, but yeah, th- think there were you know notifications and alerts coming through up until about 2.30 that, um, that things had just snuck home. Yeah, so it's, it's this weird little thing where back in the day, when they just had to fax through things. They'd have uh, things where one trade would go through 30 seconds before, and because the fax machine was engaged, another part of that multi-team trade didn't go through. <laughs> so now what they do is they just let everyone, if you're in the room at 2 p.m. with signed papers, as long as you're in there, you can yep. get the trade done. So I think uh, we had okay. some stuff at 2.20 or so officially going through and coming out. Very just interesting. after that, it was crazy. Very interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's start with some... Uh, well, what was your um, sort of big takeaway overall? Uh, 
as you said, there were more trades done last year. But would you say, you know, some of the the magnitude of the trades that got done yesterday and and during this two week period um, potentially were even more saucy? Yeah, in a way. And I think what was interesting, especially, was that basically everything that everyone expected to get done got done. Yeah. Last year we had the Bryce Gibbs stuff, which finally came true this year that didn't actually end up happening. But even at the last moment, we were thinking, oh, this is a couple of players who won't get their new homes, Charlie Cameron, Lockie Weller, and then they suddenly did. So it seemed like teams were really looking at Richmond, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. because Richmond obviously coming from 13th to win the flag is extraordinary. And what it's done is make some teams, your Essendons and your Port Adelaide, think, we're just two or three players away. We're a good trade period away from winning a flag. So there's a lot of teams going for it. I feel like there was a lot of, um, maybe it was like a trial by media, there was a lot of media, there's a lot of media pressure on all the potential trades when, when you know, there's, when you catch wind of two clubs negotiating over, over something, if, if, that, if that doesn't get done, then they're just going to get, uh, you know, questions and, and question and put in the, into the flames for, uh, for a long time. We saw that with uh, the Bryce Gibbs deal falling through last year. Um, yeah. You know, both Adelaide and Carlton, they kind of copped it because they couldn't, um, they couldn't agree on something. And I think Adelaide this year as well has made their reputation, I don't mean to say worse, but there's a reputation now that they're very hard to deal with. The Charlie Cameron yeah. thing, the Brisbane, that deal got done. But everyone now thinks that Adelaide is such a hard, drives such a hard bargain that it's totally going to affect them, and that's based on the media coverage and the expectation, as you say, that things should get done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you play a bit of um, fantasy f- footy on the side, AFL, NFL, yeah. all that sort of jazz as well. And I'm not, I'm not contacting guys in in uh, in my league that don't trade. Like, there's no point, you know. Like, it's just yeah. forget about it. I'm not even going after any of those players. So. Yeah, it's a good point you make, and and uh, look, I you know had to sneak in a little fantasy reference there. Why not? Hey, <laughs> very nice, very nice. Okay, so who are your big winners of the um, of the trade period? Uh, yeah, far yeah. away, far away with some so, clubs. So there was a few. So uh, I really like what Port Adelaide did, and I don't know necessarily that the players they brought in are going to be all A graders. They're going to be getting them to win a flag because players like Stephen Motlop. Uh, who came in as a free agent, Jack Watts they traded for, even Tom Rockliffe from Brisbane. There's a lot of players who had problems at their old club. Mm. They were maligned by their own fans and loved by some others. But of course, once we get to the trade period, everyone's the greatest player of all time and one inclusion will help you win the premiership. But the way they did it was so good because everything was basically for free. You know, Rockliffe and Motlop were the big free agents that came through. And all they're paying is the actual money they're paying. They're not giving up any draft currency. And then Jack Watts, the pick 31, was really good. And then they balanced that out by dealing with Carlton and dumping uh, Matthew Lobby, who's a ruckman who's all f- sort of fallen out of favour behind yeah. Paddy Ryder. And he's, he's on 500k a year because he signed a five-year contract back when he was evaluated to be worth two first-round picks. That's a, that's an oh. offer Port had on the table for him from the dogs. Wow. Before they won the premiership and... Now, obviously, not quite the same thing. Now he's yeah. worth pick 95. But the way they did that was because Carlton's paying his salary. So Porter's freed up that room. So I really like how they didn't have to spend a whole mm. lot to get a whole lot in. Yeah, uh, and you know, just recapping, Tom Rockcliffe, Steve Motlop, Jack Watts, uh, the big three names who have arrived at the power. Uh, and you've kind of summed it up, but, um, but you're right. They, these three players are three 
quality players that potentially just needed a career freshen up, um, you know, by moving to a, a new uh, home. And, and uh, yeah, the, the, there's a huge ceiling on what Port Adelaide has brought in with those uh, three. Who else? Uh, a couple of well, Melbourne clubs. Yes, well, Essendon and Carlton both impressed me. Uh, just getting deals done. Yeah, as we we're talking about, the Essendon's had this reputation for a while with its uh, recruiter Adrian Dodoro that he just really doesn't like to get things done or does it right at the last moment, and it frustrates everyone. But they had their three targets from the opening week. They had Adam Saad from Gold Coast, Devin Smith from GWS, Jake Stringer from the Bulldogs. Mm. All three are now at Essendon, and the prices are so low too. Adam Saad, who championed data, the stats gurus of the AFL Raiders, an elite defender, wow. a future second round pick, is fantastic. Uh, Devin Smith, they got that done really early, which I think was good because yeah, yeah. once teams get some deals done, then they look more and they get focused in on the players who are left on the market. And yeah. so giving that pick 11 away also played into the Jake Stringer conversation with the Bulldogs, the way they started that whole thing, Jake Stringer leaked out into the, in the media as the Dogs want to trade him because of these issues. And it ruined his trade value. Yeah, so yeah. they had no leverage in those trades. <laughs> And eventually the Dogs had to accept picks 25 and 30, mm. two second-round picks. So this guy who was an All-Australian a couple of years ago, so really impressed by Essendon. And, and the same thing with Carlton. So they got the Bryce Gibbs done, uh, trade done finally. They do get two first-round picks in. It's not quite that. There are another few picks around that make it so it's not as big as it may seem. Yeah. But dumping a veteran player like Gibbs, who's played 230-odd games, he's not going to be in Carlton's next premiership side. So, of course, you should trade him out yeah. at the peak of his powers and get those draft picks in that are going to be your next uh, premiership team. And then you can get cheap young players. Matt Kennedy from GWS, he, he wasn't going to get a lot of game time with the Giants because they've got so much talent. Mm. But he's a very good young player, and he can sort of slot in there. The pick 28, really good value. And Darcy Lang from Geelong as well, who, again, another player, wanted more opportunity, goes for basically pick 58, which is nothing. I was shocked at how that deal went down. I thought it was going to be around a pick 30 going yeah. to Geelong, but instead something, you know, 28 picks later. So the Blues and Bombers, really impressive. Yeah, wow. Uh, and Fremantle was uh, another team that I thought had a, uh, a pretty good uh, trade period. What, what did you make of, of what, what they've done considering uh, they, they now have Nathan Wilson and Brandon Matera in? Um, and they've let go Lockie Weller, Harley Ballack, and Hayden Crozier. So uh, Fremantle basically won the trade period with one deal, which was the Lockie Weller move. So Lockie Weller grew up in Tasmania but moved to the Gold Coast, and he wanted to return there, uh, I believe, because partly because of a very lucrative contract offer that the Suns have on the table for four years. So homesickness with a bit of actual money going in there as well. So he wants to go. And the Suns rarely have anyone who wants to come to them. Yeah. The, the trend has been players wanting to leave. So Gold Coast has said, well, someone wants to come to us. We need to make sure we get this deal done. Fremantle recognised that. Their opening offer, their opening ask, was pick two, mm. which seemed extraordinary, and everyone sort of chuckled, and oh, the Dockers are, right, well, I guess Weller's never going to get traded. And then it comes through in the last few minutes that pick two is going to Fremantle. It's extraordinary. Lockie Weller, I believe a late first-round pick in his original draft year, he's shown some promise, mm. but he's not going in pick two if he's in this year's draft. So yeah, yeah. The way the Dockers dealt with their leverage and got that done, got Brandon Matera as well, dealt away a pick somewhere in the 30s or 40s. Just extraordinary. And Nathan Wilson coming through for a reasonably cheap price. He's a very good running defender yeah. for the Giants, as you, as you mentioned. So 
really impressive from the Dockers. Yeah, so on the other side of the coin, uh, how did you rate uh, Gold Coast's overall uh, trade period, given that um, you know they've let Adam Saad, Gary Ablett and Brandon Matera leave, uh, it, you know, bringing in Harrison Wig from the Crows along with Port Adelaide's Aaron Young, uh, kind of two fringe players at this point, and Lockie Weller. Yeah, so there's a few sort of fringe deals there, which are the things you like to see because... With the Suns, it's all about giving those players an opportunity. And if they can turn that from a essentially giving away very little and getting anything back, it's a net positive. It's the sort of moves you like to see from organisations in all sorts of sports. Yeah. The Gary Ablett deal eventually got done as well, which I think was probably for a fair price. They upgraded pick 24 to pick 19, and they've got a better future pick um, yep. for the 2018 draft. And the fact was, Gaz was going to go. There was no world in which he was playing for the Suns mm. next year, so they had to do something. Yeah, yeah. And it's enough of a deal to me where they can save face. And then the Weller thing, as I mentioned, they were sort of just stuck. They had very little leverage in that deal. And I think the argument from the Suns is that they've had so many first-round draft picks. I believe they've had six in the last couple or three years. And at some point, they need to just get players in. They need to just use those for other things, other than just young players, because you can't have just young players. We saw that from the Suns when they were created, and yeah. they haven't been to the finals. Yeah. So just take your, take your medicine, take the sacrifice, give that pick away, get a player in, hopefully you become something. You understand it, but it's still a loss to mine. Yeah. Maxi, could you think of a better uh, fortnight of work experience than being involved with an AFL uh, list management team during a trade period? <laughs> you would have so many coffees, you'd have so many lunches, you'd be very well fed <laughs> at the very least. Again, oh, man. The way the funny thing is that you know the, the hours are nine to five. Everyone expects, oh, well, you, you, hit, you see the reports online as I go. Like, oh, well, the dealing will continue tomorrow morning. No, these, these recruiters are up till oh, midnight yeah. on the phone still yeah. every night. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, who else do you reckon uh, probably had a loss here? few inactive teams. Uh, Collingwood, surprisingly inactive in a sense. They've been very busy in previous trade periods. Like they dealt two first-round picks for Adam Trelaw, who's very good and it's a high price. Their only deal was for Sam Murray, who literally, we had a Swans fan in the office, Sarah Ollie, did not really know who that was. Yeah, me you know, too. <laughs> player on list. So he's a, he's a cha- he can be a small defender, he's got some running ability, but he's a rookie. And essentially, the Pies gave up a future second-round pick, the same price that Fremantle basically gave up for Nathan Wilson, who's an established, very, very good defender. Yeah, it was extraordinary. Yeah, so yeah. the fact that you're giving that much up for a player who surely didn't cost that much, and the Swans... The Swans, they've ended up with like, players like Luke Parker from that draft range. <laughs> well, exactly. The Swans know what they're doing. So if you're going to pick a rookie from somewhere, you pick him from the Swans, but... As you say, that, that pick could be very good and what we expect to be a very good 2018 draft. So the mm. pie is not good in the one move they did do, which gives them a thumbs down, I have to say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you've, uh, you you also mentioned to me St Kilda, North Melbourne, not very active, probably uh, didn't have great uh, great trade periods, but I, w- I would recommend all the, the Splash listeners to head to the uh, Fox Sports website, uh, the AFL section of the website to check out the report card, so um, every club uh, has been handed a grade uh, and some analysis from uh, from list expert Chris Pelkin. Um, yeah, what else? What else should uh, should the listeners check out on the website just to make sure they're completely up to date with uh, with what's been a crazy two weeks of trading action? 
Oh, we've got lists of every move. We've got where your team's draft picks are right now. We've got analysis in every pick, every move, as you say. Uh, Chris Pelkin and Jacob Wilson from Champion Data doing some great analysis with uh, Benny Waterworth on the Fox Footy pod. That's it. Mm. Pretty much any of our articles, or if you want to subscribe on iTunes, go ahead and do that. Some great analysis. Every angle covered of the trade period. It's yeah. a busy two weeks for us. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the Fox Footy podcast with a full hour-long uh, pod purely just on uh, on the trade period. As you said, with Jacob Wilson of Champion Data, with Chris Pelkin uh, and Benny Waterworth, the uh, Fox Footy editorial lead. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And uh, Maxi, uh, you go, go and have a weekend and stick your feet up and uh, and just kick back. Thank you. Will do. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the Fox Footy team have time just to breathe and get their energy back after uh, a mammoth couple of weeks covering the trade period Uh, and yeah we'll be focusing on some other sports Uh, over the next little while of course AFL always pops its head up in the media um, you know 12 months of the year Uh, but on the splash next week we'll certainly get creative and cover some uh, some different things so be sure to check all that out Uh, thank you very much all our uh, splash listeners and subscribers, if you haven't already, please head over to iTunes and hit subscribe. Uh, and the podcast is on Spotify as well. Search for The Splash if you prefer to listen to your pods on Spotify. But until next week on The Splash, that's a wrap.